This is The Guardian. Today, understanding the controversial review into the government's counter-terrorism programme, Prevent. A quick warning before we start. This episode contains detailed description of a terrorist attack. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Last Wednesday... The William Shawcross Review into Prevent was published by the Home Office. It had set out to understand how effectively this strand of the government's counterterrorism strategy worked and how it could be improved. My first duty as Home Secretary is to keep the British people safe. William Shawcross has led a superb independent review of Prevent, for which I am very grateful. The review is unflinching. Prevent needs major reform. Over months last year, several of its findings were leaked. And the review itself was boycotted before it even began. Shawcross has made 34 recommendations. And while extremist violence on the far right has seen a rapid rise... His review concludes that PREVENT needs to refocus on the threat of Islamist terror. PREVENT's mission is to turn people away from extremist ideas, to stop radicalisation spreading and keep Britain safe from terrorist attacks. It funds community projects. It works with young people. It trains teachers and nurses to spot potential extremism. PREVENT has always had a difficult reputation It has been accused by both campaigners and by counter-terror experts of being toxic. So I personally have dealt with over 200 of our 600 plus cases that have come through the Prevent Watch helpline. Um, And most of those referrals have been of young children. Leila Ethelhaj is the director of Prevent Watch, an organisation set up to challenge the scheme and support the communities it affects. So we had a four-year-old, for example, who was talking about the online game Fortnite. Now, what we discovered later on in that case was the teachers were aware of the fact that this young child would often talk about online games because he had older cousins. And yet one day when he mentioned um, some themes from the game, he was reported straight away by his nursery teacher. He had said, I'm playing with guns and bombs in my dad's shed. And the school said, it's not for us to figure out whether or not what he was saying is true. We have to refer it to prevent. 
So the worst case scenario was put. Now that was a young Muslim child and the mother doesn't believe that that referral would have been made had he not been a young brown Muslim boy. From The Guardian, I'm Noshin Iqbal. Today in Focus, will William Shawcross's overhaul of Prevent make Britain safer? Vikram Dodd, you're The Guardian's crime correspondent, and you've been reporting on the Prevent programme since its inception in 2003, which is 20 years ago. Can I ask you, first of all, in the most basic terms, what is Prevent? The government has a terrorism strategy called Contest. There's four Ps, a handy way of remembering what they are. Prevent, which is to stop people becoming terrorists. Pursue if that doesn't work and you have to arrest them and hopefully get them convicted. Protect is if you see those bollards on pavements to stop vehicles running into pedestrians. That's protect and prepare is training and drilling so that everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Prevent is about stopping people becoming terrorists in the first place. So if you imagine a spectrum, it's right at the start where there's concerns about someone falling for, say, either ISIS ideology or a neo-Nazi ideology, where they're showing very early signs. They can be referred to Prevent and hopefully avoid getting into the criminal space. So what happens once a person is referred to Prevent and... How does it actually work? Well, the advertised way it's supposed to work is that they look at the person, look at the concern, and if the concern survives that initial weeding out process, then they go on to consider it in more depth. If someone really is of concern, they then go on to a channel panel, which is billed as being a panel of experts who see what help the person needs. Quite a lot of people are referred on to other services, health, education, mental health services, increasing percentage of those coming to the attention of prevent up to 70% have mental health or other vulnerabilities. It's an entirely voluntary scheme, can't be made to do it, no compulsion, uh, but a small cohort of those who initially come to prevent go through to have full-on work with channel. What you'll have is you'll have, say in the Islamist space, you'll have some degree of expertise supposedly on hand so they can have their religion explained to them and then have it explained why believing that they have some sort of moral imperative to carry out violence is wrong and how they've fallen prey to a misinterpretation of their religion. Well Vikram, before we get to the latest controversial review of Prevent, which was published last week, Can you remind me of the context in which it was created and why it came into being? So we had the attacks in 2001 on the United States and that refocused uh, counter-terrorism efforts away from where it had been. So in the UK, that would be Irish terrorism, the former Soviet Union, into trying to understand the Islamist threat. And frankly, from about 2001 to about 2005, they weren't very good at it. They really, really weren't. So the UK gets hit in July 2005, the attacks on London's transport network, 52 people die. London has come under what appears to have been a coordinated terrorist attack. More than 33 people have been killed and hundreds wounded 
in four bomb attacks on the public transport system. Three of the explosions occurred in the tunnels of the tube. Another ripped the upper deck from a crowded bus travelling during the morning rush hour. To borrow Tony Blair's phrase, the rules of the game changed and the effort intensified and was rethought. And that's where Prevent came in. It's important, however, that those engaged in terrorism realise that our determination to defend our values and our way of life is greater than their determination to cause death and destruction to innocent people in a desire to impose extremism on the world. At the start, for sure, it was heavily securitised and heavily influenced by what you'd call securocrats. I think it was about 2008-9, in terms of Prevent, the number one person in it was a former very, very senior spy, and the number three in it was a former very, very senior spy. And that's where Prevent was mixed up in. There were claims and some evidence of people who were innocent and being stored by the state for quite considerable amounts of time. It had all the usual hallmarks of things that would cause concerns about civil liberties and about a disproportionality. So the Prevent strategy was born under a Labour government, under Tony Blair, at a time of rising terrorist threat to the UK. It has carried on through successive governments. Notably, the programme took a turn with a 2010 coalition government of David Cameron and Nick Clegg. Can you tell me how the Conservatives changed the focus of counterterrorism? The Conservatives were very anti-multiculturalism and saw Prevent as trying to be too nice to certain groups, really. The Prime Minister has argued that multiculturalism in the United Kingdom has failed and called instead for muscular liberalism to replace the passive tolerance of recent years. He said that in the past, organisations that had sought to present themselves as a gateway to the Muslim community had been showered with public money, despite doing little to combat extremism. The extremism we face is a distortion of Islam, so these arguments in part must be made by those within Islam. And you had to crush not just those who supported violence ideologies, but those who also supported various non-violent schools of thought. We believe in respecting different faiths, but also expecting those faiths to support the British way of life. These are British values, and they're underpinned by distinct British institutions. Vikram, this was at a time when ISIS was on a scary, violent rise and recruiting people to its very nihilist, extremist cause. Young women are promised free housing, health care, cars. Men are promised beautiful brides, true to the faith. And in many cases, it seems to be working. And it's at this point that the British government put Prevent on a statutory footing. Can you explain what that means? In 2015, a duty came in, meaning that you must, if you worked in certain sectors, report any concerns if they come your way. The world is not conspiring against Islam. The security services aren't behind terrorist attacks. Our new prevent duty for schools is not about criminalising or spying on Muslim children. This is paranoia in the extreme. In fact, that duty will empower parents and teachers to protect children from all forms of extremism, whether Islamist extremism or neo-Nazi extremism. The key one was education. It deals with young people who are basically a fairly key group in prevent. Uh, local authorities, health settings. Um, Some professionals really didn't like it, felt that it would threaten their professional responsibilities and duties of care. Um, But 
it is the case that at the moment prevents main source of referrals is the education sector and that 2015 public duty has to play a key part in that. There were various instances of kids being referred for wholly innocent things. As soon as she showed me the picture of the man with the knife and I said, well, that's his dad cutting a cucumber. He, you know, it was a recent picture and he showed me already. She said, well, that's not what he said to us. He said it's a cooker bomb. And, you know, for the life of me, I didn't associate the two words. I don't know what a cooker bomb is, you know. So By about 2014-15, former reasonably respected cops, such as, for instance, Dalbabu, comes up with the phrase that really seemed to rock the establishment when it came to Prevent, which is calling it a toxic brand. And prevent is, is a good, good concept in terms of working with communities to, to ensure that people aren't radicalised. But actually, over the years, there have been some fundamental uh, shortcomings in it. And as a result of that, people just don't trust it now. And amongst what was then the key group for Prevent, which was British Muslims, there was widespread concern, even if they you know, absolutely, as the vast majority do, hate terrorists and terrorist violence. They just felt under siege because they were being blamed that they felt for everything. that could you begin by introducing yourself and explain how you became involved in counterterrorism work? My name's Ashley Mughal. I'm the director of Jan Trust, which is a women and young people's charity. Um, I became involved in prevent and countering extremism after surviving the 7-7 London bombings. Are you okay to tell me what happened? I was travelling to work. It was a regular day. In fact, I was running late. And I, I got onto the tube at Turnpike Lane in North London. Every single day, I'd make sure I'd sit onto the first carriage, but that particular morning, I didn't. Had I sat on that first carriage, I probably wouldn't be having this interview with you today. The tube left King's Cross, and it must have been 10 seconds into the tunnel towards Russell Square, where there was the biggest bang I've ever heard. The lights went out and the emergency lights kicked in. There were screams. Some people were injured. People started to panic. People started to bang on the doors. Smoke was filling up the carriages. And I truly thought that that day, July the 7th, 2005, we were going to die. Eventually, we were rescued by the emergency services who took us back through to King's Cross. It was shut down. It was very eerie. And finding out later that day, it was a bomb. And it was a bomb carried out by four Muslim males. Such that you're a Muslim woman and, as you said, it was four young Muslim men who committed this atrocity. How did you process what happened that day? How did it change your life? This is not what Islam was about or is about. Um, and that's what spurred me to want to do something even more. I had survived that terrorist attack that day and I wanted to do something about it, especially finding out it had been carried out by four males within my community. And from that point, I continued to counter extremism. Hence, I came aboard to Jan Trust. Um, and fast forward now, I've been leading the organisation and particularly leading on its countering extremism work. 
So I'm right in understanding that you set up something called Web Guardians more than a decade ago. Correct. Can you explain what it does? The concept is to work with namely women, with mothers, with carers over a structured period of time via a structured program to equip them so that they are able to understand online radicalization, the threats online, how they can protect their loved ones and how they can prevent them from being part of these groups. Such that you knew firsthand about how urgently programs were needed to help stop people being radicalized. And so you started working with Prevent. Can you tell me what that experience was like? I started working with Prevent around 2008. In all honesty, that 10-year journey, it was a very, very arduous, and stressful journey. Why is that? What is it about Prevent that troubled you? When I was asked for data about individuals, I was hearing firsthand, particularly from Muslim mothers coming into the Jan Trust Centre, about their experiences of prevent. When I was engaging with young people in schools and hearing their experiences and being this critical friend and informing the Home Office, look, things are actually not working, so to speak, and pushing back, it wasn't liked. And eventually funding to my charity stopped. What did you hear from the Muslim women that you worked with about their feelings on prevent and how it affected their or their families' lives. I heard from some Muslim mothers how they told their children not to speak in school about anything political or religious. They didn't feel as if they were part of their school structure or they didn't feel as if they were part of society. They felt that they, they were being targeted. Such that it's difficult to know the circumstances of individual cases, but you were clearly worried by the lack of trust towards Prevent in the British Muslim communities that you worked in. Can you explain why that trust matters so much? Well, first and foremost, we all want to keep Britain safe, but we want to achieve that in a, in a true and fair manner as opposed to oppressing communities and discriminating communities because what that then does it just alienates individuals and it creates a them and us society and that is then dangerous Vikram What do we know about the numbers of people that have been referred to prevent over the last couple of decades? Has that number gone up? Has it gone down? And from there, how many of them are referred to channel? There was about 6,400 in the last set of official figures. And it's a relatively small fraction, you know, just over 10%, 10, 12% will go on to channel and to full-blown intervention. So the Prevent Strategy is aimed at keeping Britain safe from would-be terrorists and it has been revised multiple times and had plenty of criticism along the way. Now last week, an independent review of Prevent was delivered. Vikram, can you tell me why it was commissioned in the first place? As with everything with Prevent, there are multiple reasons and competing views why it was commissioned. So if you talk to Neil Basu, who was head of counterterrorism at the time it was commissioned, he thought a review was a very good idea to 
try and shed prevent of some of the controversy around it and that would be the stream of controversy which was Muslims saying it's a spy program. Prevent is Islamophobic, it's racist, this does not benefit anyone, all it does is cause us more issues. Then you have concerns around 2019 that it's becoming too focused on extreme right-wing violence and not enough on Islamism and that leads to an attempt to get a review off the ground and as with everything that prevent, that just turned into a complete shambles. Well, a coalition of 17 organisations, including Amnesty International, said last year that they would be boycotting the government's review of Prevent in protest at William Shawcross being appointed to chair it. Can you explain who he is and why he was such a controversial pick? Shawcross is in with a certain crowd and certain type of conservative. His daughter, for instance, is now, uh, I think, head of policy for Rishi Sunak. And he's a well-connected sort of fella in those uh, right-of-centre conservative uh, circles. In 2012, when he was director of the Henry Jackson Society, a think tank, he said that, open quotes, Europe and Islam is one of the greatest, most terrifying problems of our future, I think all European countries have vastly, very quickly growing Islamic populations, end quotes. We then went on to head the Charity Commission that was accused of institutional bias uh, against Muslims, uh, which Shawcross and his supporters would deny. And what are the key takeaways from his review? What he says, his main headline-grabbing one, is that not enough attention has been paid by Prevent to the threat from Islamist terrorism, and too much has been paid to that from the far right. That's his main takeaway. And that is controversial. I think it's also problematic evidentially. Um, I can find no evidence, nor is any offered by Shawcross to suggest, for instance, that cases of potential Islamist radicalization has been turned away by Prevent. What Shawcross would point to is this. The caseload of MI5 and counterterrorism policing when they're trying to catch terrorists is about 80% Islamist, 20% extreme right wing. And what Shawcross and supporters would say is, well, how come Prevent is so out of kilter? So Prevent's been drifting towards 50-50 Islamist extreme right wing, or at least equal numbers, so I think the point that counterterrorism policing and anybody who's studying this really would make is the game has changed a lot since 2005. And the potential pool of those who are interested in Islamist violence or may be interested is pretty much limited to the Muslim population of this country, which is a couple of percent. The potential pool of those who may be interested in the extreme right wing violence is likely to be white, which is, you know, about 85 percent there or thereabouts, i.e. <laughs> when you look at it, the fact that Prevent is broadly 50-50 or has been drifting that way isn't that amazing when you look at the actual population of the country and who might potentially be caught up or start to show an interest in these violent ideologies. What else did Shawcross find in his understanding of the way that Prevent is used? Essentially, the concern is that Shawcross has been a carrying the water for a radical right hit job on various streams of thought which they don't like. He's very, very, very taken with the idea that Prevent should expand its mission to cover extremism, not just schools of thought that would lead to violence. 
And also that um, where, where we're heading with this is that Prevent should really do somewhat less on the far right, which anybody in CT world would tell you is a growing threat and outside of the UK in several countries is the number one threat. And that's what people would say, I would say, is that um, the lesson is that the far right, the more you look at it, the more of a problem it is. One interesting point that Shawcross hasn't called for is for a degree of compulsion with prevent. So prevent is about people who haven't committed a criminal offence. Because once you have, especially if it's terrorist, you cross over into the pursue space, which is where, you know, your journey is going to take you behind bars. Prevent remains voluntary. So that's an interesting point. No one who is referred through prevent has to take part because it is, as you said, focused on stopping people committing crimes, not on actual criminals. But to the review itself, which has been through multiple iterations and chairs since it was first commissioned by Theresa May in 2017, William Shawcross was appointed in January 2021. He delivered his report to the Home Office in April 2022. It is arguably already out of date. We are 10 months on. Why did it take the Home Office this long to publish it? Who knows exactly what was going on? There's various claims and counterclaims. But I think there were some people at the Home Office who took a look at it and thought, Jesus, this is a bit, how do we say, problematic. Some people may have thought that the evidence didn't quite support his conclusions. So ultimately, it does sound like the nature of extremism, radicalisation, terrorism has changed in the UK and that Shawcross hasn't quite kept up. This is the other big thing that Shawcross would point to. He says that Prevent has become too weak on going for the ideological drivers of terrorism. And I think one comeback to that would be it's because terrorism has changed. You go back to Al-Qaeda in the Bin Laden days, heavily centralised, heavily ideological, and you didn't carry out an attack for Al-Qaeda unless it was approved. ISIS was different. ISIS was, we're going to spread propaganda on the internet, throw it wide, and whoever wants to carry out an attack in our name, you don't need to get our approval, just go out and do it. And to some extent, the far-right violent extremists have aped that as well. That's why with the far-right, you're getting a lot of youngsters caught up, a much higher proportion than we've seen before, kids as young as 13. The Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, said in response to the review, I will rid prevent of any cultural timidity so that it meets every threat head on and does more to identify and challenge non-violent extremism. Vikram, what's your reading on this? What does that actually mean? Having a clue. Shawcross has basically been used as a, or, or has become part of the culture wars. 80% of counter-terrorism police networks' live investigations are Islamist. MI5 are clear that Islamist terrorism remains our predominant threat, accounting for 75% of their caseload. Yet only 16% of prevent referrals in 2021-22 were Islamist. Prevent has shown cultural timidity 
and an institutional hesitancy. I mean, I noticed the front of the Daily Telegraph the day after the report came out talking about political correctness leading to a greater focus on extreme right-wing terrorism than on Islamist terrorism, um, which I've got to be honest is nonsense. The idea that counter-terrorism policing and MI5 would be influenced by any thoughts of political correctness or wokeism is frankly, as, as Neil Bassey, the former head of counter-terrorism, told The Guardian, uh, insulting. And it's just, there's no evidence. And the country has to face the fact that it has two very significant terrorism threats. Coming up, how effective has Prevent been in keeping Britain safe? Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. such that, as a survivor of a terrorist attack, does William Shawcross's Prevent Review and Prevent Itself make you feel any safer? As a survivor of a terrorist attack, no. And as a Muslim, no. In fact, I feel, I feel scared, and I'll tell you why. Shifting focus completely onto Islamist extremism and actually downplaying far-right extremism and completely ignoring this, your own prevent statistics and channel statistics 
is making me feel less safe because I know firsthand also how dangerous far-right extremism is. I've had death threats. I've had rape threats. I've had EDL signs. I've had my windows smashed. I've moved addresses. I know the threat of far-right. I feel less safe also as a Muslim female via his report, particularly as someone who has been critical of Prevent and hears from the Muslim community about its failures. So I feel even less safe following his report. Vikram, how much do we know about how effective Prevent has actually been? I suppose what Prevent would say is that uh, the attacks we stopped or the terrorists we turned away are harder to measure. There has been an issue with Prevent, which is what are its metrics? How do you measure its success? One reform that's coming from Shawcross will be an sort of attempt at an independent quality and assurance sort of unit, which, depending on how it's set up and what it looks at, could be quite useful. Prevent has a statistic which puts it at about 89% of people who come its way end up with any concern about them falling prey to terrorism being uh, neutralised or falling away. So they would say they're very, very, very successful. Obviously, there have been cases where someone has been through Prevent and then gone on to carry out a terrorist attack. You'd look at the Parsons Green bomber who'd been through Prevent to some degree, Ali Harvey Ali, who assassinated David Amos, the Conservative MP, while he held the constituency surgery. Um, he'd been through Prevent several years before he actually carried out that attack. And the final question, I guess, is that 20 years after it began, has Prevent made Britain safer? If you speak to someone like Neil Basu, he would say absolutely. He would say it's the most important plank of Britain's counterterrorism strategy to try and get in there early and stop the numbers growing. I mean, MI5 already has, you know, 30,000 former subjects of interest. That's quite a, quite a lot. Prevent needs to stop hiding and it needs to be open and transparent. It needs to engage communities in an actual dialogue. It needs to get rid of the annoyance when it's questioned and it needs to do this very very speedily because at the moment it's been mostly playing in Muslim communities as the far-right violent threat grows it's going to be playing increasingly in white communities uh, and it needs to get ready to do that and it needs to put itself on a better footing in how it communicates how it talks to people how it understands concerns about it it's very convinced of its virtue it needs to become more modern. It needs to differentiate between those who are just implacably opposed to it and those who have real concerns about the way it's been doing its business. Vikram, thank you so much. Thank you very much. That was Vikram Dodd, The Guardian's crime correspondent. My thanks to him and to Sajdal Mughal from the Jan Trust and Leila Ithilhaj from Prevent Watch. To find out more on this story, do search Prevent Strategy on the Guardian website, where you can read Vikram's reporting and several pieces on the Shawcross Review, including one from Neil Basu, titled, I'm a counterterrorism expert, and I fear Sawella Bravman's new plan to stop attacks may well increase them. All at theguardian.com. And that's it for today. This episode was produced by Ruth Abrahams and Klitia Sala. Sound design is by Solomon King. The executive producer was Huma Khalili. We'll be back tomorrow.
This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.